Well, good morning. Uh, welcome for me. It's a real joy to see all of your faces um, on my screen this morning. Um, as Morix just said, but I'll say it again because I really don't know how else you start a sermon. My name is Caitlin and I'm part of the Kingdom Vineyard staff team. I do a variety of things throughout the week, um, but typically on a Sunday, you'll find me sitting with my concentration concentration face on um, while I run the Zoom call. Um, but this morning, I get to be completely blind to all that is going on behind the scenes and talk to lovely people instead. Um, so this morning, we are going to dive back into the letter um, to the Ephesians. We've been journeying together through this part of the Bible for a few weeks now, um, and we've been particularly looking at our identity um, in Jesus as individuals and our identity collectively as God's people. In the passage that I have today, Paul starts sentence, a prayer actually. And then goes on one big 13 verse tangent before coming back to what he was planning to write originally. Paul and I really need to have some words about his efficiency. But before we jump in, let's just do a quick recap of where we have been so far. Um, in week one, Jim talked about how we are chosen and beloved children of God. Then week two, Toby talked about how we are seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms and how God works in us and through us. Then just last week, Sarah talked about how together we, the church, are God's new living temple. So then today we are gonna focus on how we as God's people are people with a purpose. In the passage we'll read in just a minute, we hear Paul describe his own purpose and calling. And um, so I'm gonna spend some time talking about calling in general and um, drawing a couple of things out of how, how Paul talks about his calling. And then I'll share a bit of my own journey. And like Paul in this passage, we will eventually get back um, to the sentence he started at the beginning and finish up by looking at Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. And um, so my friend Tash is gonna come and read the passage for us just now. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. 
I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Jesus Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Thank you so much, Tash, for that. Um, so as we just read, um, Paul starts his sentence in verse one, and before he gets to the end, he goes off on a wee jolly to tell us his own story. Um, this tangent is quite different to everything we have read in Ephesians thus far, as he suddenly turns to talk about himself and his personal calling and purpose. So Paul isn't just talking about himself for the sake of it or for some self-promoting project. He is making a point about God's plan to bring people from every nation into his family, no longer just the nation of Israel. And today I want to look at the fact that Paul talks about sharing that as his calling or purpose, what God is using him for. Calling is a funny thing that I actually don't enjoy talking about very much. Um, if you were to ask me, Caitlin, what is your calling in life? I would either try and fob you off with some sarcastic answer, or I would uh, freeze up and get all anxious and begin a complete internal crisis that goes a bit like this. I don't know. Why are you asking me? And quickly descends down to who even am I? So you can imagine my absolute delight when it is the main topic of this talk. Paul declares his purpose, his God-given calling in this passage with such clarity and with such confidence. And I have to catch myself when I read confident declarations of callings like this because I can meet them with a real attitude. The confidence can come off rather cocky if read with the lens of panic and insecurity that I often have. What makes you so sure? Or another response I often have, is there something wrong with me because I'm much less sure? And even with the things that I am slightly more sure of, I still don't want to dare speak it out loud because what if I'm wrong? What if I feel like I'm called to something and then fall flat on my face? This is why I don't like talking about callings. But as God's people, we are people with a purpose. Now, the reason that I think I have this response, and I'm pretty sure that I am not alone in this either, is because of how tangled up we get when thinking about our calling and our identity, how they are linked, but how they're also distinct. So we're gonna talk about that for a minute. My best guess, as to why Paul had the confidence to so boldly declare his purpose, his calling from God, is because Paul was secure in his identity first and foremost as a chosen son of God, holy and beloved. And I really want us to get that this morning. 
as we talk about being people with a purpose, I want to make sure we are all on the same page. Calling flows out of our identity. Our identity does not flow from our calling. If we get this mixed up, it can be really damaging. I am convinced that we are firstly called to be children of God and to know our place seated with Jesus. And only as we learn and know and believe that, can we begin to walk out the tasks and the missions that God has planned for us. As Toby said just a couple of weeks ago, if we try and walk before we learn where we sit, we get tripped up. And I don't think it's an accident that we have seen a progression in Paul's communication of our identity as we've been reading through Ephesians, like I recapped in the beginning. Only once Paul has clearly explained to the Ephesians that they are chosen people seated with Jesus and who form the new living temple, do we begin to talk more about task. If we pin too much of who we are on our calling, it can all very quickly crumble as suddenly our identity is in what we do and not on who God says we are. And of course, what we do is absolutely part of us, but it cannot be the main part of us, the foundation on which we stand. We are people with a purpose. We are not people defined by a purpose. So back to Paul. Paul in verses eight and nine says, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. Paul's calling, he explains, is to take the mystery that was revealed to him and preach it to the Gentiles, um, who are the non-Jewish um, believers in Jesus. And that mystery was that now in Christ, Jews and Gentiles are a united people who share in the glorious inheritance of Jesus equally. There are endless treasures available to the Gentiles and they are being grafted into God's family. And this is huge news, both for the Jews and for the Gentiles. And sharing this with all of the people, this is a huge calling for Paul. And there's a couple of things here that really encouraged me this week. Firstly, Paul talks about his calling as a grace. It was not a chore, not a burden, but a gift of grace. He said, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. This reminds me that when I'm spiraling down into a hole of panic and anxiety about what my purpose is, that I need to change my perspective. This whole purpose thing is not meant to be so difficult. It is not meant to be so anxiety inducing. It's a gift of grace. And when I think about this, my eyes are put back on God's face on his glorious kindness to me in giving me a purpose, in allowing me to join in with him in the work he is already doing. 
We are people with a purpose and it is a gift of grace. Secondly, we don't need to be fully sorted people to have a purpose in God's kingdom. Remember, Paul has a pretty grim history and he knows that. That's why he says, I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people. God is way bigger than any of our circumstances and he can use you as soon as you're willing to let him. We have this saying in the vineyard, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. You are welcome exactly as you are. You have a purpose exactly as you are. But also, if you're open to God's work in you and through you, you will absolutely not stay as you are. I am always thankful to be reminded of this. If Paul was going around murdering Christians at first, and then God turned his life upside down and used him to build a massive part of his kingdom, then surely, surely God can use me and my mess to build a little bit of his kingdom where I am too. We don't need big and clear callings like Paul's for God to build his kingdom through us. And this is something I've had to learn after many a meltdown about how I have no idea of what my big purpose is. There is far too much pressure on calling in our culture, and especially in such a driven community such as the academic world of St Andrews. Success and career can be idols that we put effort and worry towards instead of seeking God's face and trusting him. And then in the Christian world, we slap the word calling on it and make it all spiritual. We view calling as the be all and end all. But actually, our calling is to live as faithful disciples of Jesus. This year has been a particular challenge as time has been marching on. And yet I know at least I have felt at times stuck, like I'm not moving forwards. If anything, my own sense of calling has just got blurrier this past year. And I'm gonna take a wild guess that I'm also not alone in this. So I'm gonna tell you a bit about my story of calling and how I got to where I am in the hope that it'll encourage you where you are. So shock, I don't have a very clear idea of my big calling. I have a general sense that I'm called to work in ministry but even that has been very slowly revealed to me. And honestly, it's mostly been simply through saying yes to the opportunities that have come my way and seeking God's wisdom at every stage. Back in 2017, when I began my final year of university, the opportunity to stick around for another year and serve with the church arose. It seemed good to me and to the Holy Spirit. So I said yes, and I went with it and I became King of Vineyard's first um, voluntary pastoral assistant. That year went so quickly and I was growing a lot. So it seems like sticking about for a second year was a good idea. So I said yes to that opportunity as well. It was in the second half of that second year that coronavirus hit and as sucky as that has been in so many ways, I was presented with another opportunity to be employed by Kingdom Vineyard for three months 
as everything went digital and I just spent the last year and a half working on our digital communications, which you know suddenly became really important. So I'm going to take a leaf out of Paul's book now and just tap out here for a minute because I really want to say a huge thank you to you, to my church family. It's through your generosity, through financial giving that allowed the church to be able to take me on. And then after those three months for another year. And I can't even begin to tell you how much this extra time has blessed me. I'm just a few months away now from the end of that contract. And I'm really thrilled and overjoyed this morning to be able to tell you this morning what my next um, yes has been to an opportunity that has come my way. Again, because of your continued generosity during what I know hasn't been the easiest of times, I've been offered and I've accepted a full-time permanent job here serving Kingdom Vineyard. And I'm so grateful to continue to get to do what I love, to continue serving God in this part of his church, in this wee corner of Fife, with all of you wonderful people. It is the best job, and I can't imagine being anywhere else. So here we are. I very gradually have been led here by saying yes to the opportunities in front of me. And hindsight is a lovely thing, because I can see God all over my story, weaving things so perfectly together. Would I have said at the time that I was called to the work that I'm in? Would I have said that I believe it to be my God-given purpose or assignment? Probably not, to be honest. Not that I necessarily disagree. I just wouldn't have thought of it in those terms. But would I say that God had arranged my gifts and my interests, the needs of his kingdom and the opportunities to serve that kingdom in such a way that he called me, Caitlin, and not somebody else? I think I would. Each time I've really nervously stepped out into the next thing, really not very confident, but I'm so grateful for how God has used me at each and every step. Some people may have a really clear sense of calling and that's, that's great, that's wonderful, but it's just not been my story. I can tell you though, that looking back, I can see how God has graced me with using me to serve him. I have no idea what lies ahead of me long-term, but I'm excited to walk with Jesus along the way. So what about you? What is God calling you into? Let me start by saying that God is calling you to be firm in your identity as a chosen and beloved daughter or son of King Jesus. And I'd love to encourage you this morning, if you are not sure where you're going, what you're meant to be doing, if you, like me, get tangled up trying to figure any of that out, then firstly, take it to Jesus. You may already be doing that, and if so, wonderful. But if you'll forgive me for stating the obvious, ask Jesus to show you what he wants to do through you. And ask your prophetic friends to listen out for words and pictures from God that might reveal or confirm what God's saying. 
this church is full of people who love to listen to Jesus. So really seek their prayer. Stick around after the service this morning or um, bring it to your home group. There's lots of opportunities to do that. But on top of that, I encourage you just to do the next right thing. I used to have it in my head that calling was, that my calling was somewhere far off, somewhere that I had to get to, a specific path that I had to walk. But I don't think that anymore. I now think much more about where am I called to right now? Where is God calling me to invest my time? Who is God calling me to invest in? And what is it that God wants to do through me in this season? We are all called to carry his presence wherever we go and in whatever we do. So what opportunities are in front of you? What seems good to you and to the Holy Spirit? And do that. Now that I've told you my story and even added a side note, let's come back to the sentence that Paul started in verse one and continues in verses 14 to 19 as we round up this morning. This section is a heartfelt prayer. A heartfelt prayer from Paul that is him earnestly willing the Ephesian church to get it, to really get how much God loves them, that they realize it in all its truth that they are not a bolt on to God's family, but they are beloved children. So how does this apply to all of us? Well, Firstly, we have this message to receive for ourselves. God loves you. You are not secondary to anyone else in his kingdom. You are chosen. And I really believe that this remains Paul's prayer for us today. So I'm gonna pray it for us all in just a moment. Secondly, we have this message to carry to others. We are God's people with a purpose, a purpose to show his love to those around us wherever we are. This is the message we carry. And I want to be praying this prayer for those around me who are coming to know Jesus and those who aren't even on that journey yet. And I invite you to do the same. So let's just pray it now. Father, thank you that you first call us just to sit with you, just to get to know you and to love you. I pray this morning that you would fill each of us with a real knowing of your love for us, a knowing that moves from our head to our hearts that we just really believe it. Thank you that you give us a purpose I pray that you would give each of us a vision for where you're calling us in this season, where to invest in. Lord, would you reveal to us just passions and our gifts um, and align our hearts with yours where you want to move. I pray that you would come and by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would fill us with courage 
courage to say a brave yes to the next thing, to take another step, even when we're nervous and uncertain. And with Paul's words, I pray that out of the Father's glorious riches, that he may strengthen you, Kingdom Vineyard, with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen.